All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Broadcast, episode 138. And just like that, basketball is back. We're going to break down the first two days of scrimmage games, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, who the hell is on the Nets, and some of our listeners think Fred Van Vliet's better than Devin Booker. What the hell is going on? So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me some intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Gluty us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. Give it up. What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode yep. 138. We are once again on a Zoom. Yeah, we have, zooming we have, through the airwaves. We got puppy puppy problems in San, in San Diego. Puppy's not napping, so Drew can't come up to the crib. So, Well, it's more than that. I mean, really, at this point, it's just about the fact that that if I bring her there, I can bring her there. She can go, she can hang out at your house, but she'll just be barking, biting, running around, pissing and shitting everywhere. So I think this is, this is mostly for you than it, more than it is for me. I'd love to get up to your place and get this dog out of the house for a second. Oh man. So it started. We got basketball. Basketball is officially back. It's back. It's back. And dude, I got to say something, man. I was, I was, I had this thing in my head where I'm like, yo, me and you both, like, we both couldn't visually see this, right? How is the NBA going to present this? How are the games going to look? You know, I was thinking a mix between, like, high-class summer league and then, like, Drew League. That's literally yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. I got I to gotta take my cap off, dude. Like, everything aesthetically for these games looks brilliant. I it love, does. I love everything about it. I think the setup is great. I love how everything's covered in the back. I love how home teams have monitors to make it look like your home. Um, I like the announcers. I like the, I, you know, I didn't even necessarily, I know a lot of people were concerned about like hearing players talk shit and whatnot. Like I didn't hear a freaking word. I didn't hear anything. I just heard shoes yeah. and, and the, the broadcasters and the, the announcers. what did you think of that? Well, I, what I'll say is, is like for the first couple games, you were missing your talkers. First of all, like the Clippers were missing the guys that would be talking. And that's Pat Bev and Trez. Those are the guys that would be talking the most that we'd be able to hear over the, over the mics for that particular game. But, I mean, I think the, the NBA really officially got kicked back off again on Melo's first rebound today for Portland. Get the fuck out of here. I got that. Yep. Uh, and so that really, that's like, that's like the actual, you might as well, you know, shoot the gun off. That's the start of the NBA right then and there when you can hear Melo say that. But I agree. I, I think everything looks as good as I could have possibly imagined. Like the courts look great. Uh, you know, the bench setup is weird, right? But I mean, it works nicely. All the players get to see everything. It looks like there's people there too, right? It actually, yeah, it makes it look like there's more people than there is in that side. But when you, if you ever get the reverse angle from away from the bench, there's a whole line of reporters uh, or whoever mm -hmm. is watching these games. So there actually is more of a crowd there than I thought. And I would only assume that that crowd might get a little larger as we even get out of these scrimmage games and into the real games. Um, but that, I mean, honestly, like you said, dude, the court, everything about the court looks great. 
Um, I guess, you know, the one weird part was that I, I think for one or two of the games, they tried to pump in some crowd noise mm-hmm. into the actual arena, not just into the broadcast, which mm-hmm. is what you and I thought we were, we were going to experience. Um, and I thought that was a little weird. I, I don't think the noise needs to be pumped into the arena. Uh, I think the noise should definitely be in, if they want to do it, they should be in the broadcast. I think it's just it's odd. I think every team should do what Miami did. Miami said uh-huh. legit. Having Unbelievable. The- okay dude that's what i'm saying like it took like my breath away for a minute like, Yo, i can really deal with this like see, right. uh miami had like their home fans cheering for them they had old chants, and it just made it feel like a legit home game and i honestly i i think that in the next week like once we get through these scrimmage games we're not even going to really we're going to come accustomed to this and it's yeah. going to be normal for us well, I think that's, a, that's the truth about watching any game on TV, NBA or otherwise, is that the, the focus of the camera is on the game. I mean, yes, the crowd is there, and sometimes, you know, they'll do, like, some uh, search around the crowd for the celebrities or something funny happening in the crowd. But from a, from a television viewpoint, it, it's almost identically the same as to what we're used to. I mean, yes, there's not crowds in the sta- – there's not people in the, in the stands – but the game is the focus. And so our, our vision is exactly the same as it was before. It doesn't change at all. And I love it. I think, I think it's great. I do actually, I think in two of the games that I watched today, I was able to hear some talk. Uh, the Laker game, especially today, LeBron was very vocal defensively calling out where people need to be in, in a couple of situations. Um, and hearing that is exactly what I want. I want to be able to hear a guy like that, a genius, if you will, a basketball genius, um, you know, with at least his recall and his and his way of of trying to identify the play that the opposition is running is something that very few ever get to hear unless you're right on, you know, center court or, or down on the on the front of the of the court. So this is a cool opportunity for that, and I'm excited to hear that, and including things like Melo saying, "Get the fuck out of here, I got this." We knew that we knew that was coming, and he looked nice too. We'll get into his game in a minute. Skinny Melo is looking Skinny real Mello. good. It, he re, he reinvents himself every summer, and I love every part of it. Right. I, the two things I found really weird before we talk about the Clipper game. Yeah. <clears throat> you see how big the court looks without courtside seats or, yeah. or media? So okay. much space. So much space. And I'm thinking, like, players like Russ, who, who just go to the basket hard, like, you have a lot of room. There'll be a lot of diving going on. Loose balls are going to be easier to get, Right. And then me being a former ball boy, like I'm the whole time, I'm like, where the hell's the ball boy, right? Who's wiping right. up? Who's wiping the sweat? Right, exactly. And for the first, for that, for that Clipper game, and then for the Denver game, I couldn't see a ball boy anywhere. And then it wasn't until today where I saw he's way in the back, dog, like yeah. way in the back. Mask. He, he he's got gloves. Everything got the, the the visor or like the, the glasses. I think even the goggles got him. Got yeah. Every- they're, they're getting no TV time no, for, the, for the ball boys. That's the most part about being a ball boy. But it's actually a very important job to do. You have to stay on top of it. And it's yeah. easier when you're right there on the floor. So when you're all the way in the back out of camera range, you got to make sure you're getting all that shit. Yeah, um, those guys are getting some cardio in. They're sprinting in, sprinting out. They got 40-yard they got dashes back and forth. Definitely. They – um. Again, this is something new to the whole the NBA and to us as fans and the viewing experience. I feel that by the time the season starts, we're, they're going to have the adjustments. The things that look a little weird, I think they're going to try to fill in and make look better. The thing that looked extremely odd to me was like the halftime show when like they're, they're, they're going to their broadcasters like at the Nets game. 
they were in an empty Barclays arena. Yeah. They were literally nothing in there and they're sitting nine feet apart. Right. 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 It just looked really odd. They have to come up with a better idea to make it just to make it look better. I, you know, I was surprised to, to see that. I think the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn one was the one that stood out to me also because I mean, the Laker, it's just in the studio. You, you flash it back to the studio where they have the normal talking heads, James Worthy and the rest, just in their studio. I was surprised that Brooklyn didn't try that, that same move. I mean, I don't know why they would need to do the whole we're in the Barclays arena, even though the team is 3,000 miles away in Orlando. It just didn't make any sense. It's like you see the cords to the microphone. It just Everything. You see everything. I mean, like the floor is all covered up. Like there was no, there's no floor. It was just like the underneath part of the floor. Like that when, when they set up for concerts or something, I, it was, it was odd for sure. The Brooklyn Nets don't have a step and repeat to put behind. Like <laughs> right behind. <laughs> put it right behind you. Why do we need this whole empty arena? It would have been better if they did it from their homes. But right, anyway, right. Uh, I, I, we both obviously love what they're doing. We love the yeah. set. I can definitely get used to it. I think what I like the most is like the home team actually feels like they're the home team. You know what I mean? Even though you're in it. No, but it gives you the vibe. You see your logos going everywhere. You have the chant. You see, you know, uh, your sponsors that you're used to seeing that are on uh-huh. the board. Just trying to bring the familiar, the familiar, familiar, I can't even say it, Drew. The familiarity. There you go. The yeah. familiarity of yeah. the home. They're trying their best to to make that happen for these guys. I agree with you entirely. This is, I'm stoked. Like this, it looks great. Every, every, I would, the play is exactly where I thought it would be. Honestly, some people are better than, than I expected to be, but mostly it's, it, we're coasting. This, this first scrimmage is very much uh, a slow jog before we get up to top speed. Well, let's talk about the first scrimmage Clippers, Orlando. I was hyped. You know, I couldn't sleep the night before we had technical difficulties. It it was unbelievable i was i literally blocked out the whole day i'm like i'm spending nine hours watching all basketball clippers start at noon i i call you frantic i'm like yo it's blocked out it is blocked out on hulu it's blocked out on nba tv i can't get the game anywhere i'm losing my shit i had to go to the fox west app download that stream it to the to the tv send it to the tv to the tv but i got there um I liked what I saw with the Clippers, man. I was happy yeah. to see my boys back on the floor. Uh, you can obviously tell that Paul George um, looks rested, and he just looks silky as ever. Lou Williams is – I mean, these guys are walking buckets. You know, you we kind of expected both of that from them. Uh, Paul George, I think he got 18 in 19 minutes, something like that, real quick. Lou yep. had 22, something like that. Um, Lou had 22 in 16 minutes. He was crushing it. Hitting buckets. Yeah. Um, Michael Carter Williams looked really nice in the beginning part of that game. He had a strong performance. <laughs> he did. He did. He looked kind of nice. And he, he was rookie of the year at one point, dude. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, he had the flashbacks of that. This, this game to me was more of like, I want to see Noah. I want to see uh, Amir Coffey and Terrence Mann get some money uh, minutes. I know people that some people that listen to this show probably have no idea who Amir Coffey or Terrence Mann are, but those are our two rookies who we're really excited about. I wanted to see Reggie Jackson and how he looked. And honestly, without Trez and, and Pat Bev and Zubak, uh, Martin Morris looked really good. I thought the whole team looked really good. We were passing the ball well, shooting the three a lot. But I, I noticed that the extra pass we were putting in to get the wide open shot, I really liked seeing that. 
And obviously Kawhi just was being Kawhi, taking it real fucking easy. Yeah, I think from a Clippers standpoint, that's exactly what you want. I mean, what we talked about, uh, you know, in previous episodes is about having a, a minutes restriction here. And, you know, you can say all that you want to say about, oh, there's no restriction. Everyone's, you know, feeling healthy and they're fine. It's like, okay, that's fine. But none of these guys should be playing. The important guys should not be playing more than 20 minutes in these first couple scrimmage games. And then you can get up into the later 20s and 30s as we get closer to the actual playoff run. You know, and that's exactly what happened. You know, there's a new name for the load management now. And I wrote what it. Is it? My, it's so funny because I forgot who it was. I think it was somebody on the net. I think it was somebody on the net that wasn't playing because of, quote, injury prevention. And I'm like, that's the oh. management, bro. What are we doing now? It's the same thing, right? That's the same exact thing. Injury prevention. Injury prevention. It's load management. Just call it what it is, right? Right. Well, and, and so that's, that's, that was the big takeaway that I had here is that the Clippers, you're right. They looked good. Uh, Kawhi looked fine. Paul George looked good. Um, I was shocked at how, how in shape and how ready Joakim Noah was. That, that guy. That was my I mean, next topic. Yeah, he started the game. He played. He only played 15 minutes. Only had four points. Um, let me see how many rebounds. He had five rebounds, three assists. Um, but I mean, it, especially as as we assume him to be like the third option for center for you, or I guess you could play him with Trez as a center and, and power forward uh, behind Zubac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's solid. I mean, like he looks really, really ready to go. And I was I was surprised by that. Uh, and Reggie Jackson looked pretty good, too. Um, and, and like I said, so Kawhi Leonard, 19 minutes. Um, Paul George, 19 minutes. And then Reggie Jackson, 18 minutes. Lou Williams, 16 minutes. That's exactly what you want from your core guys right now. And you guys got to win. It looked nice. And, you, and you, what I did see was, was what you were hoping for. Let's, let's get the bench guys out there. You know, let's get Jermichael Green, 25 minutes. Let's get Coffee, 22 minutes. Pat Patterson had 20 minutes in there and then put in some good work. Magruder got 16 minutes. So this is exactly what you want to see. And honestly, I think the funniest part about these games and how excited we are for these scrimmages, we, I think everybody should, should uh, understand that while the Clippers won this scrimmage 90 to, 99 to 90, it, this doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> like the winning is... And losing doesn't matter. It's about staying healthy, getting your reps in, getting the defensive uh, positioning back in back in order, and the switches back in time, um, and then just getting that camaraderie and that chemistry back. And that's exactly what you did, and it looked good. I agree. And to to finish off the Clipper game, Noah's going to be big for us, man. If he stays healthy, I really think you know we were kind of lacking that extra rim protector the, this past season. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. Noah brings nothing but energy and effort. He's a great passer in the post, and he's actually a very smart basketball player as long as he doesn't have to shoot. You know what I mean? We just want, <laughs> please don't shoot. We just need the energy and effort, right? And I, I think he knows his role now. Yeah. And, you know, he is a former defensive player of the year, although this isn't 2014, and it's, it's, it's since been long removed, but still he knows how to play the game. And if we can get 15 solid minutes out of him, another – body to put on AD, to put on Giannis if possible. But I'm really excited about him, and I want to see him grow. Um, yeah. On Orlando's side, uh, Markel Fultz, I think it was Markel Fultz. That's who was playing oh, for that's the, the injury prevention? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Vukovic looked great. I mean, that guy's got all the goods, man. Oh, he's ideal. Yeah. Ideal. And I, I think I remember last summer. Was it last summer he was a free agent? He re-signed, right? 
Uh, I think he, it was either he was a free agent or an extension, one of the two. But yeah, he got paid. Because I was saying that's I like if if we were going to pay anybody, I think it was between Al Horford or we were going to go after uh, Vukovic. I'm like hell yeah, Vukovic because that guy. Oh, he's money. Money. He he's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean he had 18 and 10 in 20 minutes. I mean that's and I, and he and the and the the huge part of his game that he's added to it and why he's actually worth the money that Orlando paid him is he can hit the top of the key three now. He can actually stretch it to that top of key. I, he might be able to get into the corners, but I think most of their system runs like the pick and roll mm. from the top, and he pops, and, and he'll catch a, a wide open three. And he didn't have that at USC. He didn't have that in the first couple of years. He's always had the rebounds, mm. uh, but he looks great. I'll, I'll say this, man. Aaron Gordon came out firing and, and Jackie. tan. Can, can we say how tan he was? He should man. be in Florida, dog. He's, his house is down the street, and he still can't even go home. I think that's so fucked up. All these guys that live in Orlando, they can't leave the bubble to just go home and come back. That's got to be brutal to go home to a hotel room that's the size of his closet. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just want to say, first and foremost, he looks really good. And, you know, if he can continue to improve that jump shot, even the mid-range and the, and the three at the rate that he's doing, he's going to be an all-star soon. I mean, it's been a, a couple years coming, but he looks solid. Um, and I, I know that we missed seeing Markel Fultz out there. I think he would have made a hell of an impact uh, being able to play, especially without Pat Bev on the Clippers, you know, being the, the defensive stopper. Rude, when you, Rude, the bubble is meant for Markel Fultz. Are you? It's ideal. He will thrive if he can, bro. I want him in these games. These This is perfect for Markel. I didn't mean to interrupt you, bro. No, I, I, I just, like – we understand that DJ Augustine is the guy who started, and he's he's fine. He's a he's a good player, but he's not. Seven year pro, right? Yeah, he's right. He should he shouldn't be a starting point guard. I mean, that's just the truth. And and Markel had had won the position over from him this season. And I I the reason I brought up Markel is exactly the point that you were gonna that you made just now is that talk about no pressure. I mean, bro. There's no fans to see you airball. I mean, obviously everything's still being broadcast around the world and and all that other stuff. But I would I would love to see him out there. And I I honestly think with him in their lineup, they're pr they're pretty solid. I mean, as far as the East Coast go, I, I have no issues thinking that they're going to be able to win the majority of these games that they need to and still get into the playoffs um, without without a hiccup. As much as I like Aaron Gordon, and I I just I just think he's at his ceiling, dude. I think. He's never. It's the shot. That's the thing. It's like he has to. He has to keep improving his shot because you're right. The the rest of it, it's it's maxed out unless he unless he can hit that three. I don't think he's a superstar. I mean, he's fun to watch. You know what I mean when he's, sure. when he's busy. But I just they're gonna need somebody else down there. They need another piece, another star. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're 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 two stars away from being relevant. I mean, if we're talking about championships. Mm -hmm. um, but the last thing I wanted to mention was all that muscle that Mo Bamba put on. Didn't do him no good, man. It did him no good. He did not look good out there. A little slow. Okay, it might take my boy a couple more years to adjust. He got he got a total of six minutes uh -huh. and had two points <laughs> and uh, two rebounds, I think. So easy on my boy, okay? Yeah, no, I know it's your. Game. All right, so we got to get into the like the talk of the internet yesterday, right? <laughs> well, I know, and we're gonna. I, I want to dive. I want to deep dive into this. Yeah. So the Nuggets come up with the, the, the most random lineup in NBA history. I can't think of a, of, a, of, a, of a more diverse lineup than that, than this, right? 
The tall ball lineup. The tall, oh, tall ball. Is it, did somebody call it that yet? That sounds funny. Yeah, yeah. People oh. have been calling it that. I, I wish I could take credit for it, but the tall ball. I've never even heard that. That's funny. So you got Bull Bull playing small forward, never played an NBA game in his life. It's his first NBA game, and it's a scrimmage. And yeah, it's, it's still not a game. Yeah, it's still not going to register as a game for him. Okay, Bull Bull at small forward, Millsap at power forward, Plumlee at center, Jeremy Grant at shooting guard, and Joker at point guard, which I love more than anything, okay? Because obviously we know Jokic is like the real deal. He is that good. And you can just say, you know what, bro? And it, again, it is scrimmage. Why don't you play point guard today? There he had seven assists. It was, it's money. Turnovers, though. He had a lot of turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. He I mean, had eight turnovers. Eight turnovers. That, that's what yeah. I thought. But that's what you get when you get like a, a <laughs> kitty seven-footer playing point guard, right? I, so, I, the, real quick, though, the, that lineup, I think Paul Millsap is the shortest guy on that court at 6'8", and then Jeremy Grant's about 6'9 or 6'10". Jeremy Grant's a 6'10 shooting guard? Are you sure he's that big? He's not a shooting guard. He's a power forward. That's what they did. They just made him a shooting guard. That's so weird. Maybe, maybe Millsap was. That's so funny. But why the hell not? Try it out. And you know what? We've been working out with Bull. Bull Bull's been with us all year. Let's see what this kid can do. And the kid yeah. had great game man he had a really really good game what did he have drew he had a uh, 32 minutes 16 points uh six for 14 two for eight threes 10 rebounds and six blocks six blocks is the big one okay yeah now we all know his lineage right his pops minute bowl uh great player i you know He's this kid's got a seven seven eight wingspan right <laughs> yeah. gold seven two Obviously, he likes to jack the three. He looks pretty fluid, right? He can run the floor. He fills, he gaps, fills the lane, right? I like it. And everybody just went off yesterday. Cause I, maybe it's because we haven't seen him play yet, okay? And, so, and he's kind of fun to watch play because he's so big and so long. But we got to chill, dude. Like, people were just going in yesterday. And I'm like, if you guys expect Bull Bull to be playing in the playoffs, you are sadly mistaken. Am I correct? <laughs> Yeah, I, what I'll say is uh, if for whatever reason uh, Michael Porter Jr. is not available, uh, he will get minutes. I'm pretty sure of that because he is pretty – I mean, like you said, he's super tall, super lanky, and he's, he's a good basketball player, man. He's, he's, not, he's not lost out there, um, you know, even, even at the small forward position, which is hilarious because every, every game of his life he's probably been a center of power forward. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like the people that go all in and exaggerate, oh my God, he's like, you know, the next big thing. I think it's hilarious. He got 32 minutes, right? Like nobody else on the team played more than him. And, and let's, let's just be real here. Like if we back up just for a second about the lineup, this is the biggest, I think, sign of disrespect to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> it was against the Wizards, okay? <laughs> exactly. it's, it's the biggest disrespect to just be like, who, who's our first scrimmage? The Wizards. Uh, oh, fuck it. Let's run, let's run Jokic at point. I almost feel like that it was like a bet. Like Jokic was like, coach, let me run point. Let me run point. I, I, I lost all the weight. I lost all the weight in Serbia. Ball handling, good. Hey, let me go. And he just did it. And uh, he, but you can. Like, if you come down to that, if it comes down to that, I mean, he'll never have to, but. Right. He's never going to play point guard in a game that matters. 
but it doesn't matter. Their system is, is set up for him to be like a point guard in their half court offense anyway. So he, that all the, all the triple doubles that he's gotten over the years, it, there's nothing new here. This is not a new thing that we're like, Oh wow. Jokic can play point guard. He's skilled. He knows how to pass. He, he knows how to dribble, but you best believe if, if, a team if they try if they try to put him in a point guard position like bringing the ball up the floor up against pressure yeah dude he's gonna get ripped the ball has to travel four and a half feet from his hand to the ground so it, it you know it's just not realistic and I think it was fun I think that I think this may be the, the most fun version of the games that we've seen thus far is because it's like you're absolutely right you said it why not why not like especially with you know teams like Houston and you know Golden State and and you know, the whole move of the NBA is to small ball. Why not give fucking tall ball a try? I mean, because the truth of the matter is, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, whatever it is, uh, we're just going to have all six, nine to seven foot guys on the court anyway. That's where the, that's where we're going. LeBron James is a point guard right now. He changed his position. He's six, whatever, six, eight, six, nine. In the future, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see guys who are seven foot two be a small forward. That's just the truth. Just gonna be um, so, and see what happens. Honestly, let's just see what happens. And again, perfect, perfect impo- uh, opponent for them to pull this nonsense out against is the Wizards that have no business even being there. I feel half of them don't even want to be there. They just want that paycheck. Instead of the tall ball lineup, our boy Cheney, who's the diehard fucking Nuggets fan, who just keeps t- – he was so amped yesterday about – this scrimmage game he called it the rocket killer lineup and I say yeah I mean that makes total sense and I want to be clear on something I'm not bashing Bull Bull I think this was a great a perfect chance for Bull Bull and Denver to show this guy's skill set and put him out there and play and to show like yo he was a projected lottery pick at one point people were very concerned about his his health and his his uh it's his feet it's his feet his feet the injury um, and he dropped to second round, 44th pick. I mean, coming out of this two, three years down the road, we might be looking at this draft with the Denver Nuggets being like, yo, you got MPJ and Bull Bull in this draft. MPJ slipped to 15, if I'm not mistaken. It was 15 he went. Um, and you getting Bull Bull in the second round with the 44. I think uh, you can just tell when players are fluid and can feel the game, and it looks like Bull Bull can feel that game, but I think he's three – three years away from actually being like a really productive player defensively with that wingspan, bro. Uh, Fun, fun fact. He has a seven, eight wingspan. Do you know the longest wingspan in NBA history is? Is this his dad? This is dad. How big is it? Is it eight feet? Eight, six. Oh my God. Biggest in history, right? Wow. Well, if you think bull bulls stretch is long. Wow. Pop's got another foot on that ass. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and what I'll tell you is that his, his jumper is a not is a lot smoother than Pops. Pops was a slingshot. Pops was a slingshot. And uh, Bol Bol whatever Bol Junior. The Bol Bol thing I think is hilarious, but it's fluid. His his jumper is money. Uh, I you know the whole reason that he slipped in the draft is because he's fragile, right? You're seven foot two. He, he doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones yet, and we know this. Any any guy that's over six ten that has foot problems. It's, it's almost like a ticking time bomb, like before something happens. So they might as well get the reps in now while he's healthy and try and get as many minutes out of him as they can and, and hope that he doesn't get injured. But we'll see. I mean, if they keep putting him on the floor and, and he gets his reps in, we'll see if he can actually play, you know, a couple games without actually going down injured or, or needing some assistance at some point. 
and big men with foot injury, which has happened throughout the history of NBA basketball, or normally with big men that play in the post. This guy is literally trying to jack threes, take yeah. it to the rack, fill the gaps. Like there's, I can see, and I'm not, I'm knocking on wood, but there will be an ankle injury in the future for this guy, the way he keeps moving. Um, but I want to put, a, I want to put it on blast right now. Denver is a sleeper, scary. They are a very scary team that I would not want to. Obviously, we haven't seen Gary Harris or. Or uh, yet, uh, you know, are they injured? What's the deal with them? I didn't even look it up. I'm pretty sure they're just kind of taking it easy on uh, on a few guys. Um, so if they, if there's like a nagging injury, yeah, something like that. I mean, so I know Gary was injured right before COVID really hit, but he was like playing through the injury, and I think Jamal definitely was injured for a while there too. So they could just be, like I said, taking it easy on these guys before the actual games start, but. You're right. I mean, this team is talented. They they they've shown it over the last couple seasons with how good they are. You know, consistently being in the top four, usually top four of the of the Western Conference, and they're there for a reason. I mean, that's it's not a mistake that they're there every year. Uh, but I do want to address the rocket killer thing because I think that's that's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it is if you're the rocket killers, someone is going to have to stop James Harden. Someone's going to have to stop Russell Westbrook. And that lineup has no none of that. You can you put Jeremy Grant on James Harden, I guess. You try and I don't know put somebody else on uh, on Paul Millsap on on Russell Wils- Westbrook. I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, but this is it's fun. This is a fun experiment. And when the team's fully healthy and they have Jamal and Gary and and they can have that you know eight nine man rotation really moving. Uh, yeah, I, they're they're a team that most teams don't want to come up against. I mean, you let Russell Westbrook shoot himself out of the game. That's what you do if you're Denver and Harden. Right, that's what I'm saying. You, you can put a big man on him so that he, you just beg him to shoot a three, but nobody can stop Harden on that rock, like from that lineup. That's just not going to happen. I'm excited to watch them play too. I'm really excited to see them play, but I'm a little I'm a little nervous about Denver. I'm, I want to see what else uh, they can bring to the table moving forward with this. Uh, the Miami game. Miami was cool to me just aesthetically, like I said earlier. Uh, just the way the vibe looked really cool. It was good to see uh, everybody out there. But, I mean, our boy Duncan came out just firing, just jacking. Jack, Ready to go. Four threes in five minutes or something like that. The dude mm-hmm. just about firing. Uh, some people think he's the best shooter in the NBA. Obviously, I think Steph Curry. I mean, he's right behind Steph Curry. This guy's percentage is ridiculous, right? I agree, but you have to look at the shots that he's taking. Every shot that he takes pretty much is an uncontested three. I mean, granted, he sometimes – Sometimes there's a contest, but what he's doing is exactly what they draw it up. He waits. Uh, someone will drive, whether it's Bam or Jimmy or Dragic or anybody will drive. And for whatever reason, people are still leaving this guy. You can't. You can't leave him open. Now, let's just be completely realistic about this. Best shooter in the NBA is Steph Curry. And then there's Clay Thompson. And then I would even put, I would, you know, JJ Redick and, and all these guys that have done it for way longer than Duncan still are very much ahead of, I would put Kyle Korver above Duncan Robinson. I mean, maybe not right this second because Korver is like 38, but still like, let's pump the brakes. Yes. He's a good shooter, but let's see if he can hit some tougher shots before we just name him the greatest shooter in the league. I mean, how short sided are we? Steph Curry misses one playoffs and we're, and we're already handing the crown of best shooter in the league to some dude who's played three years and went undrafted. Let's be real. He's great. I love Duncan and he's earning everything he's getting right now. And yes, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Again, let's pump the brakes on some of this shit. I feel you, Drew. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. 
but his career might be like a Corver where you will just be there to shoot threes. Kind of like yeah. that you were just going to shoot three. If you, you can play in the NBA for 15 years if you do that correctly. No 18-foot jumpers for you, Duncan. You <laughs> threes all day long. And speaking about JJ moving forward, it's so funny, Drew, because you know I take notes on these games. And so I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to watch the Pels and the Nets, right? Obviously. Right. What a terrible game that was. These are my notes, Drew. Let me tell you my notes, okay? This is my first note. Who the fuck is on the Nets <laughs> is the first thing I wrote, okay? Second thing I wrote was Jacques Vaughn should be a player coach. They could use Jacques Suit Vaughn up. At, at point guard. If you guys don't remember Jacques Vaughn, okay, first of all, Rock Jock Jayhawk, okay? John Muir High School, I used to watch him in high school. The, the guy was just amazing. Had a really great career being a backup point guard or playing the starting point guard when, when they needed him, but just a smart, really, that's why he's a head coach. Most smart point guards end up being head coaches in the NBA. You know what right. I mean? Right. But looking at that team, Drew, I was just kept laughing because I'm just like, who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Right. Yeah. It was terrible. I, I honestly, I couldn't, I didn't watch the second half. Like I, I'm so excited for basketball to be back, but I couldn't watch the second half of this game. There's no Zion either. Right? Right. It would have been so much better to watch with Zion uh, because he's just so fun to watch. Uh, but the Pelicans look pretty strong. I mean, that's, that's the one thing I took away from this. I mean, uh, the first thing that, that I noticed was that Lonzo Ball has continued to tinker with that jump shot, and it looks as good as it's looked since I've seen him play in high school. It actually, he's actually starting to bring the ball up on the, on the right side of his body as opposed to coming from the left side and shooting it over his head. Um, and so I think he's also feeling that confidence that, that he, we, we've said for years that he's been lacking because people either make fun of his shot or it's just not going in or whatever it is. I, I really think that this move to the Pelicans may have been the best thing possible for his career. He gets out of the major spotlight in LA. He doesn't have to play with somebody like LeBron. He gets to just play to his strengths. And then when Zion is back, it, it's, it's, it's a little Nash and Stoudemire ish to me with the way that they break on a fast break where it's Lonzo has no intention of scoring. All he wants to do on the fast break is try and get it to Zion in the perfect spot for a dunk or a finish and that, like I said, reminds me of the Stoudemire Nash like peak. Yeah. And so without without Zion on the floor, I was really only interested in seeing what Ingram was doing. He only played 12 minutes because the Bro- Brooklyn scored 68 points in this game. They scored like 35 points at halftime. It just wasn't even a contest. I think Ingram, uh, got, Ingram got 12 in 12 minutes, right? Is that yeah, like 12 points in 11 minutes. 11 minutes, yeah. Buckets, and he looks great. I, yeah. on, I, I honestly feel, first of all, that game was the epitome of a scrimmage NBA game. <laughs> Dude, what? It, it was like varsity versus JV scrimmage. That's was, what it was like. It was so bad. And yeah. even I had to turn the channel, which is crazy. But I've been saying for the, the, the past couple months that I'm really excited about New Orleans uh, just because of how young they are. I'm pretty sure they're going to re-sign Brandon Ingram because now the, you know, he's a restricted free agent going into next season. The money is going to be, you know, the only teams that can pay Brandon are probably going to be the Knicks and maybe one other team. You might as well just, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the CBA coming next season. Might be best to maybe do a one-on-one or whatever. I think he's going to come back, especially with that young core. But the guy that sticks out to me always is Jackson Hayes, right? Like, I really like this kid. He only had two points yesterday, but I watched him for the whole half. And he, he got some good minutes. But, again, energy and effort. The guy's always trying to block the shot. 
trying to get the rebound, running the floor, setting the screens. And that's what you need, especially on the Pelicans. Again, like setting screens are so important in the NBA to get your players like Lonzo and like J.J. Redick to get those shots that they need. Correct? Yeah. So, he reminds me a lot of the guy I like in Dallas who went down with the ACL with, uh, with the, the Powell, right? The yeah, Powell. Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell. Really liked him because of, uh, you know, just his effort for the game. And I think Jackson has a lot of learning to do. But, again, with this, with this young team, I think they can build around him as well. If he gets bigger, he's athletic. Again, he's got a, a nose for the ball. I like this kid, and I want to keep watching him throughout this playoff. Yeah, they, if they can keep – their core guys, you know, and, and that really includes, for me, that includes Drew Holiday because they're nothing without him. He's the leader on the team. And, and I know there's some conversation about him getting traded this season. And so, it, but you know, who knows what the, where the franchise is going to go. They have the, they have the, the biggest poker chip of them all in Zion. And as long as they keep him and they can try, people will want to play with Zion. So like when you're looking at Brandon Ingram and you're saying, if he's looking at new Orleans, new Orleans, number one, dope city you know it could be a lot worse I could end up in a, in a much worse city if I go to a free agency somewhere mm -hmm. uh, and number two I get to play with a superstar who's a younger than me good kid humble kid and doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time to get his minutes and get his buckets he can still let, I still get the most shots like Brandon Ingram still takes 20 to 25 shots a night Zion doesn't need 20 to 25 shots now as he progresses and develops he probably will the team and he will probably want to take more shots, but Ingram is the offensive juggernaut for them. And I literally don't know if there's a better spot for him and I going know. to the Knicks is just, just a roll of a dice uh, that, that, and they don't have Zion, the Knicks, what are you going to go play with RJ and, and LaMelo ball next year, please. And is playing in the garden without fans really playing in the garden. You feel me? Like right. the, the whole allure of, of playing in Madison square garden. You know, I just think, Right now, you got to look at the future and to build around. He Ingram has all the pieces, and he has all the makings of being a five, six, seven, eight-time All Star if he keeps it up with his game. You know, he looks yeah. really, really good. It was yeah. definitely a loss for the Lakers. I see why. I see why they wanted him so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I've that one. That one hurts the most losing Ingram because we got to see his potential. I mean, he was literally our best player. You know, for those couple of years and the promise was there he got injured occasionally and I, I have him as the most improved uh, player of the year I think he deserves that award uh, I think he earned that award this year I mean he was an all-star for the first time and uh, so I'm, I'm stoked wherever he ends up I just hope he does a, a good job and that and that they treat him right I'm with that 100% yeah I can co-sign on that um, again we don't know when Zion's coming back he's getting tested every single day whatever he going through I hope I hope he's making it through I know Trez and Pat Bev had family emergencies that Pat Bev lost a close friend of his uh, I don't know what's going on with Zion but I did hear that he's getting tested every single day and planning to be back but again like these are the games that you kind of need Zion to be there like you want Zion's let you know he was committed in the bubble practicing doing everything and then you take him away then you got to come back and get reacclimated again um, let's just keep an eye on the Pelicans because I'm looking forward to that yeah. uh, one game we watched today, I got to see Portland. I was excited to see Portland play today. Um, there was some chatter on IG this week that we posted on our page, too, where people were talking – or it was, I think it was Charles Barkley that said, like, look, Portland can come out of this maybe winning it because they got everybody healthy. 
And somebody had said, well, who's going to get the rebounds? And I'm like, yo, dude, they got three seven-footers, okay? Back, Nurk is back. I was excited to watch him. They got Nurk, Zach Collins, and Whiteside. Hassan's not playing because injury prevention right now. Yep. Uh, but Zach Collins and Nurk both got in today. Nurk had 14 and 6. Looked really good. And, again, going back to what we were saying about pick setters, Dame, who loves Nurkic, loves him. Him and, him and Nurk have a really good relationship. Dame and CJ love this guy so much because he sets great screens because most of Dame's shots come off screens. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and he hadn't had that for the whole season. So having that back, you got to see how that just opens up the shot for Dame and for CJ. And I thought they looked good, Drew, Not to, to be honest with you. They had this kid on here, and maybe you can tell me about him. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel, do you know this guy? Yeah, yeah, he went to Kentucky – um, he's a good player. I actually think the Clippers had him for a little bit in the G League. Um, I'm pretty sure. But he's bounced around a little bit. And he's, he's solid. I mean, he's, he's an athlete. He's, he can – what is he, probably like 6'10", 6'11", something oh, like that? He's not that tall. But he, uh, he's got a huge wingspan. I saw him get four blocks in a row. And I'm just like, wow, that looks really, that looks really nice. He, again, yeah energy guy he, I, I, my eye was just on him today and he looked like one of those guys that we should keep an eye on just another one of those really good role players that maybe in this in these scrimmage games you're going to be guys that are going to get some of these minutes going yeah. this regular season this eight game stretch but seeing Nurk and seeing Zach Collins and uh, CJ looked good Dame looked Dame didn't do too well today or whatever Dame was coasting mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying like there's certain there's certain aspects to these scrimmages that are nice and there's certain aspects that are like it is what it is Dame took like four shots like he he was chilling CJ what I will say is that CJ put on some weight CJ used some and I mean that in a good way like put on some muscle Mm -hmm. uh, he used the, the quarantine time to definitely get a little bit bigger but uh, I, I don't know if you caught it he got he got hung real hard. He went up. He went up for the for the super dunk, so short, and, and just ate ate that front rim real hard all the way to the ground. It's one of those. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those dunks where like you could see the bottom of his back go out on it because he he tried to bang it so hard and it just went through the bottom of his back. And all yeah. you, all you can do at that point again, everybody. It, it, it's it's you know it's a phrase that we all say you need to get your legs back. But yeah, you got to get your legs back. Because you ain't been doing this in a minute, right? That's and right. Those are normal dunks. Those are dunks that he would normally do, not even a problem, right? Well, this the reason that I bring up the bodybuilding is because he probably added five to ten extra pounds of muscle. Mm -hmm. That takes it takes a little bit off that vert, unless you're really working on it, doing the jump rope and, and, and acclimated to the weight. Uh, but yeah, that was that was probably the funniest moment of the game. This was actually, I think, to be honest, the best scrimmage that I watched thus far. I mean, the Lakers. Uh, which we'll get into that first half of the Laker game and, and against the Mavs was really, really good. But this was the best game so far, I think, from top to bottom. And, and the Pacers came back and actually won this game. Um, and the big news on the Pacers' side is Oladipo has decided that he's going to play. So he actually played. He, uh, he was definitely kind of chilling, wasn't necessarily going super fast either. Uh, but that's a big that's a big addition to have him in Orlando because initially the thought was that he wasn't going to make it that Victor Oladipo was not going to play for the Pacers, and he you know he just finished rehabbing his his injury and you know maybe looking to next season. But he's down there he's he's down there with the guys and he's playing. It was some contract stuff too though, dude. Like if he didn't. Oh yeah. It was a it was a big deal when he realized oh shit, you know I am okay. I should probably go back and play with the squad. You know what I mean? 
Well, yeah, but the NBA, I mean, maybe there was some additional contract stuff. I mean, but we know the NBA is still allowing players to, to get their paychecks and not go to Orlando. So I, I honestly think that, you know, if he really didn't want to be there, he wouldn't have gone because – and it makes sense. I mean, it, he's a very, very good player, all-star level player that just had two back-to-back pretty bad injuries. So, uh, anyway, it was good to see him out there. Uh, the one the one takeaway, though, is Skinny Mellow – Skinny Mellow to me is is the real deal. Now, this is a, a little bit sad for me because I have been for maybe, I don't know, seven, six or seven years begging Carmelo Anthony to look like this, to get into this kind of shape, and he's done it seven years later. Can you imagine what he would have been able to accomplish these last five seasons if he looked like this from day one? I don't think, I don't think so, though, Drew. I think he's altered his game. Mello played a lot with his back to the basket a lot, too. You know what I'm saying? He still does that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I mean, I think he looks quicker. He used to body dudes, though. Like, he used to like to bang a lot. I think with this squad, he knows that his, his workload is way less. We all know he's got the, maybe the best footwork of any shooter we've ever seen in our lives. We know he can hit the jumper. I, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. Well, um, so uh, I, to, to your point, when they brought him in, he was playing mostly a power forward because of the loss of Collins and Nurkic and all their big guys. They, they needed some power forward help. But now that Ariza's not in the bubble, he decided to not come. Uh, and Nasir Little didn't play at all. I don't know if he's injured or what, uh, but he's now shifted to the small forward role, right? So naturally, he probably goes, all right, you know, power forward, I, I could use some weight. I could use some extra muscle to bang with the bigger guys. Small forward, he just slims down so that he can guard some of these quicker guys and, and – uh, still play the position of small forward. But Mello, if you if you look back at Syracuse Mello and, and the first three to five seasons of Mello, he wasn't he wasn't overweight. He wasn't carrying that extra, you know, five to fifteen pounds that he ended up packing on in his time in, in New York. And that's just the truth of it. I mean Everybody I looks we, back. We, 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 Everybody looks back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. He he's always carried just a little extra pudge. It's it's you know it's kind of like I mean, shit, Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry are, are two examples of guys that just kind of have a little extra – what's that? They're bulls, though. There's a difference. They just carry their weight differently. I agree. That, so that was my point. Is like there's guys that just have that extra weight, and that's just kind of where it is. That's just the distribution of their body. Mello, as you can see now, whatever he is now, 35, 36 years old, he looks – just as good as he did maybe 10 years ago. And my point is, is like, if he would have been able to maintain that shape, that would have, it could have been, it could have been a little extra lifeline for him. And he wouldn't have had this bounce around part of his career, but who knows? I'm just excited that he actually finally did it. Chris and that Paul I get to Kyle, see the fruits of his labor. Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry carry the 15 pounds in their ass. That's where it all comes from. They got big old asses, bro. That they <laughs> use to their advantage. They know how to use that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I, and I, I would say Melo did too. You said he, he's Melo back to the basket. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. And the, and the big the big booty comes in handy when you when you're down in the post. So I'm, I'm all on board. So I didn't. Uh, of course, the game was blacked out uh, today for the Laker game. I got to see everything I needed to see, like on IG and whatnot. You uh-huh. were giving the updates. Uh, cool. What, what what were your takes from the game today? Uh, we ended up starting the lineup that I thought that we would. You know, with no Avery Bradley. KCP steps right into the starting lineup. Um, and we got Danny Green out there with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and JaVale. Um, and from the get-go, we went right to AD, and he looks 
good as ever. Smooth as butter. Uh, Anthony Davis, his hair is different. I don't know if you got to see that. He's got some, that's one thing that I'll mention too about this is that the, the variants of coronavirus hairdos that we're seeing, because they haven't, most guys haven't had access to a barber in a while. It's pretty fucking cool. Like there was the, the, the one, the one funny part about the Brooklyn tip off was Jared Allen against Jackson Hayes. It looked like a picture from 1972. Jared Allen had the fro Jackson had the floppy do falling all over the place. I actually, that was really funny. Um, uh, but the, yeah, first and foremost, LeBron, Anthony Davis, they look amazing. Braun has a nice gray patch on the, uh, on the, on the jaws. Where's the just for uh, the Walt Frazier fix, yo? You know, what's funny is like, I think it's possible that he doesn't even know. Like, cause you know, with the, with the beard, it's very hard to see back here you know. as, as, as I groom, it's very difficult to see. Now, granted, he has to be aware of that. There's no way he's not aware of that, but think- I love it. You don't think the team's letting him calling him gray beard or something like oh, that, bro? I'm sure they are, but I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's like, yeah, I'm, it's old man time right now. Right. Uh, but LeBron looked exactly like you would want him to. Like as a Laker fan, uh, the two guys that we need to rely on are looking fantastic. Um, and yes, so the scariest part was in the first quarter. KCP rolls his ankle on a very odd play. It just kind of he was going to go up for a shot, decides to pass, kind of flings it over his head and rolls his ankle, needs to come out of the game, goes to the locker room. So immediately I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. There's the third shooting guard. Or there's, our, there's our third guard immediately gone down in the first quarter. And, and Cruz was not even suited up. So we had to go to Quinn Cook and bring Quinn Cook in the game. Luckily, Contavious is fine. It was just a rolled ankle. He went into the back, got taped up. Uh, they looked at it. Everything's fine. He, he came into the game later and played. So – that's not a big deal. Uh, I think the big thing for, for this particular scrimmage. Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear. Yep. Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith both made their Laker debuts. Um, and Dion actually looked pretty good. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I hadn't seen him. I mean, shit, when's the last time we've seen him play? We played play like three games this year, and he was out for a whole season with an Achilles last year. So he looks good. He looks thin. He looks in shape. Um, and his stroke was pretty good. He had nine points. Um, and uh, and three rebounds it looks like and like like I've been saying with Jr. and with Dion if they can just hit the shots that we need them to hit in the flow of the offense we're going to be perfectly fine um, and so that was good to see them both get out there get some minutes it looks like uh, let me see your Jr. got 14 minutes got six points up and both Dion threes. played third what's that both threes or what. No, one, one, three, one free throw and one, uh, one regular bucket. Um, and we, we even gave uh, Giannis's brother Costas on the Kumpo five minutes. We got him five minutes out there. Because the other brother uh, got his, with, ass, uh, his other brother caught a concussion today, dog. If you didn't see it. Oh man, that that was the dunk of the dunk of the of the week for sure thus far. Hey, homie, talk, Ed, what's the guy's name? Edmund? Eubanks. Eubanks. He, he laid the hammer down on homeboy, and he yeah. caught him with the body, but uh, little bro hit his head real hard on the on the floor. So he did, yeah. He got he got he just got lost in the air when he jumped and his body twisted. He just he, he, his legs got flew up there. But um, what I wanted to say uh, mostly about this is that I, as long as KCP can stay healthy, I feel very confident about this squad. The having uh, J.R. Smith, by the way, looks really good. He looks about as thin as I've ever seen him um, and, and is in shape as I've seen him in a while. 
Um, so as long as KCP can stay healthy, that will be huge for us. Um, and obviously with Caruso and coming back, we have Markeith Morris who didn't play. Rondo got the surgery today. That was confirmed that it was done today and that he's still uh, tight to that six, ti- uh, six to eight week timeline, which is great. Uh, but we lost this game. Again, it doesn't matter um, as far as, you know, wins or losses. It just matters to get out there. LeBron only played in the first half, didn't play a, a minute in the second half. Um, and one thing I'll say about the Dallas side uh, to kind of wrap this up is uh, Luca is just amazing. That guy, you know, we, we were worried about Jokic or Embiid or uh, Zion, you know, maybe putting on some weight. Uh, Luca, as we know, is, is just kind of is one of those guys that carries a little weight on him. We've said that, you know, in Spain, he was never the most in shape. He's also just a young guy who probably likes to eat whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't like to do sit-ups, just like everybody else. Uh, he looks just like I thought he would. He's not ripped. He's not shredded, uh, but he's still amazing. He was out there doing his thing. He, he had 14 points in 16 minutes. Uh, he had six assists, five boards. Like he's a huge game. That's he's a, the real deal. Real deal. He's and, a MVP. It's a future yeah, game. absolutely, absolutely. And when it when Dallas is is like pumping, like fully ready to go, uh, they are a team that I don't want to see in the first round as a Laker fan. They're right now they're in the seven seed. Luckily, there's a nice gap between them uh, and the eight seed and the rest of the you know the nine through. 12 that we that the Lakers might have to face uh, but I'm very very happy that we don't have to see them because they're just their problem it's just the truth I mean we we played them a couple times and every game that we played against them I think except for one was a really good game came down to the wire uh, but Seth Curry 23 points on eight of eight shooting good for you Seth get your yeah. buckets bro just get firing your- 15 minutes 15 minutes he did that Get your buckets, dude. It's, yeah, it's in your it's in your bloodline to get buckets, bro. You know, <laughs> you know who Dwight Howard doesn't want to see is our boy Bobby came into the game and beat. First of all, how small does Dwight Howard look next to Bobby? I know a lot of people look small next to Bobby, but did you see how small Dwight Howard looked next to Bobby? Yeah, it's it's remarkable, unbelievable, right? He's just a giant. I mean, that's just the truth. He's. He's fucking awesome. I love that guy so much. He he's literally – He can he's, play, though. Yeah, he's just like the friendly giant, and he's, he happens to be skilled at basketball. He had, he had 17 points tonight, uh, you know, granted – and 13 rebounds, I think. Yeah, yeah, 17 and 13 for Boban in 23 minutes on six of nine shooting. So, you know, that's solid. And you're right. Dwight or anybody else doesn't want to see Boban. I mean, our boy basketball Jones has the sticker with Boban holding the ball up, and that's Anthony Davis is in the I'm sticker. Behind. He he makes AD look like he's five eleven. I mean, I just it's it's hilarious. So he beat up two of uh, Dwight Howard's shot attempts just bare just barefoot, bro. Just arms in the air, just beat up D Howard stuff twice in a row, and I was like, damn, I miss Bobby. I missed having him on my squad, dude. Um. I mean, do we even need to talk about Giannis? Giannis looked amazing. I, I, I honestly, dude, going downhill, there is no other NBA basketball player that I would be more scared of than, than Giannis, dude. He looks in amazing shape. Just the, the, the team looks good, but Giannis just looks like a man amongst boys out there. The way he runs the floor, he was banging on people. Just he's going to be a problem, dude. He's going to be a big, big problem. I don't see 
I'm curious to watch Boston. I really want to watch the Celtics do something. I wanted to see Philly's game today. Looking forward to seeing the highlights from that, to see the minutes that Simmons and Embiid get. But, damn. They play tomorrow. I thought it was tonight. No. No, it's tomorrow? Yeah, Philly, all like the rest of those, Boston, Philly, the rest of the teams, uh, all of them play tomorrow. So, right now, the Suns and Jazz game is happening, but those are the two teams that nobody really cares about at this point because – the Jazz are injured and the uh, Suns don't belong there. You know, I, I kind of care about it because something else that happened this week, and we should have done it on this show, but maybe we'll do it on Saturday's show. It's just ESPN came out with their rankings and then they had Booker at 31. And we posted it on our page. And first of all, people took it really, really like personally for whatever. I never knew there were so many Fred Van Vliet fans in my <laughs> life, okay? The post was Devin Booker's 31, uh, Fred Van Bleet's 30, right? Our caption was just saying, how is Devin Booker the 31st best player to go into the into the, the bubble? I wasn't saying who's better and whatnot, but obviously Devin Booker is better than Fred Van Bleet. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. And everybody just kept going in. Well, he plays defense. He's a championship. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, chill. Can you guys just chill? Relax. Relax. D Book is a legit bucket. When Fred Van Bleet- 70 points. 70 points. 70 points. I, I, nobody else has done that. Like, oh. let's just be honest. Like, everyone – okay, you're absolutely right. When you when you talk about these people that, that or the, the companies that come out with these rankings, and I don't know who they have putting these out and how they can always continuously have multiple glaring errors in them. Devin Booker is definitely better than Fred Van Vliet on any planet, any day of the week. Without a doubt. Uh, and Devin Booker is an all-star, in my opinion. He's just never had a chance to be there because each year his team is garbage and nobody votes for him in the West because there's so many freaking guards that are all-stars that it's impossible to get a vote. So I don't have an issue with saying that Devin Booker might be the 31st or 30th best player in the NBA, period, because that puts him right on the cusp of that all-star like we're talking about. But certainly not Fred Van Vliet. I mean, yes, he had a great finals. That's fine. But he's the backup point guard. <laughs> like, like, let's relax here. Again, we need to do like a relax hour on people yeah. know, on players, bro. And everybody just thought I was taking shots at Van Vliet. I like Van You don't think I like great. a small point guard that gets buckets and overcomes odds? Yeah, I love it. But that's not what we're talking about. Again, the best players going into the bubble the best basketball players right don't bring up defense on me was that was that the same list that had middleton at 10 yeah is that the same list yeah chris middleton again everybody relax to yeah. the 10th the 10th best player oh, you gotta be fucking out of your mind oh. okay maybe top you know maybe we get in the top 20s into the 20s fine he's an all-star i'll give him that 10th what is, who's doing this list Maybe it should have been – maybe, like, we need to be more quick on it and do our own list, bro. Like, seriously. And it would take time. It'd be a whiteboard thing, and it would be – We did it. If you remember, we did we, – we, we ranked our 50 players, top 50 players in the NBA two years ago. Was it 50? We did 50? We did, bro. I still I think I still have it. Oh, that'd be a good one to put up, dude, if we still have that one on there or the list. Yeah, we have the list somewhere. I think I got rid of the list, but, yeah. We had it at one point. 
we had plenty of time too. We could have done the top fifty players or top thirty. We, we did. We definitely did the top fifty together. We we set out and ranked the top fifty players. I think it was two or three years ago. But I'm saying we could have gone into the bubble doing the same thing. When that right. we should have done our own list. I just want to know who the fuck's making these lists because somebody needs to get fired. It doesn't was, make any sense. Remember, it was uh, on that on the the one the list we were talking about. Didn't they have Lonzo better than Melo three years ago? It was yeah. Melo was like 72nd or something like that. Alonzo ain't played a game in the NBA he's like, Yeah, he was like 62nd. It was, it's, it, anyway, I understand that it's a tough thing to do, right? Anytime you have to rank a lot of people, it, there are always going to be people that is like, like, like we're talking about. Oh, he should have been 30, not 31, blah, blah, blah. But just fix the glaring errors. If you're going through this list, you're like, okay, that's fine. Wait, why is Devin Booker 31? Let's fix that one. Let's move him up the a little bit. Meeting? Who's the guy in the meeting like, no, 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 hold up. Fred Van Vliet. Let me talk about Fred Van Vliet for one minute, okay? Let me have the floor for one minute, okay? Right, right, it's right. Just, uh, I'm just stoked basketball's back. It feels like, literally, yeah. it feels like a week ago that the season ended. I know it was four months ago, but we have just been talking about this so much for the past four months. Now it's here. We're happy with the aesthetics. We're happy with kind of where we're at with watching NBA basketball. I'm happy with it. I'm looking forward to the next – two weeks i'm looking forward to the next three months to be honest oh yeah um and we're going to be dropping another podcast on saturday hopefully correct yep yeah we're and we'll be covering the games that uh from tonight until friday evening or even into saturday afternoon but we're going to keep bringing the heat people i said today on our page you know the nba just started but but we've been here the whole time and we're going to bring the heat we're going to bring everything that we got uh in these next three months to bring you guys the best content the best podcast that we could possibly put together for you because that's what we do drew we're gonna take them out as everybody's talking about my boy pop smoke for the night we're gonna take them out with that so follow through with clips and drew basketball's back baby we're ghosts i did some wrong but i'm always right so i know how to shoot and i know how to fight but tell you once i'll tell you twice i'm real discreet like a thief in the night Look, if I call you babe You babe for the day Or babe for the night You not my wife She wanna kill her To fuck all night I wanna fuck on her thigh Give me head all night AP, big rocks In the hood with the realest If I can on a dinner Bring 300 down to the dealer I did some wrong But I'm always right So I know how to shoot and I know how to fight If I tell you once, I'll tell you twice I'm real discreet, like a thief in the night I'm rich but I'm riding, I'm low on this attic I'm about to fly out and go get me some Nothing ain't sweet, all this money on me On the rats in the bag, that's a hundred bun Baby OG, I been running these streets Got the game from the shine on my mama's son Learned about the triple cross when I was young And I know I ain't going, so I keep a gun I threw the Perry just to buy some Dior She begging for attention, I don't see her CIP pop, I wish that you could see us Me and Cash Plus whenever I go real I got some niggas in the street, won't beat me I got the industry trying to beat me I just go Ray Charles, they can't see me I'm in a Rolls Royce with I a did some wrong, but I'm always right So I know how to shoot And I know how to fight If I tell you once, I'll tell you twice I'm real discreet, like a thief in the night Yeah, like a thief in the night 
I pull up, give a deep for the night. Uh-huh. Tryna fuck in the VSI. We can't fuck up my seats cause they white. I'm living like thriller, I only come out at the nighttime. She don't fuck with liquor, don't like being tipsy. She don't do the henny, just white wine. Pop the cork on some new Pina Grigio. Yeah. I pull up in the Porsche with a freaky hoe. Park the Porsche and pull up in the Lambo. I hop out, major pain, rockin' camo. Yes, sir. They shoot, make a fuck, let a man go. Like you shoot, light you up, bitch, I'm Rambo. Cuban link full of rocks, it's a choke. Rest in peace to the pop, make me smoke you. I did some wrong, but I'm always right. So I know how to shoot, and I know how to fight. If I tell you once, I'll tell you twice. I'm real discreet, like a thief in the night. 